You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hello from spring training in Scottsdale, Arizona, and welcome to another Giants Double Play podcast the San Francisco Chronicles podcast on the Giants and Major League Baseball. I'm John Shea, your host today, national baseball writer at the Chronicle, and we're thrilled to hang out with Lee Smith, who retired as the all-time saves leader and will be inducted this summer into the Hall of Fame. Lee pitched 18 years in the majors, but he's been with the Giants longer. This is his 20th year working with pitchers in the minor league system as a roving pitching instructor. I've known Lee forever and always enjoy talking with him, and anyone who knows Lee knows he tells it like it is, as only he can. So the stories you're about to hear are priceless, especially those about the teenage Bumgarner and Lincecum and Kane from their early days in the farm system, as well as Lee's own fabulous career. So stay tuned and catch us after this quick break. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. Welcome back. I'm John Shea, the Chronicle's national baseball writer, and I met up with Lee Smith at Indian School Park in Scottsdale, Arizona, the Giants minor league facility where dozens and dozens of prospects are training for the upcoming season. Lee's a roving pitching instructor for the Giants, and this summer he'll be enshrined in Cooperstown in recognition of his Hall of Fame pitching career. Well, first of all, congratulations. We have a Hall of Famer in the Giants minor league facility. Hey, I tell you what, man, it's, it's been a whirlwind, man. It's been crazy, but a good crazy. I, um, I've gotten to uh, meet so many guys and seen, got so many uh, congratulations from the old Hall of Famers, and, and the most advice I've gotten from most of them was don't make speech too long. <laughs> Well, how many autographs have you signed? First of all, how many did you sign, say, a year before you were elected? And how many have you signed since? Probably a lot more. Uh, a lot more. I, I don't think I can even count that, man. It, that, it's unbelievable, man. But to me, it's really the right recognition. Because, man, I, I used to get mistaken for so many damn football players and, and, and the other like that. And, and now, now with I guess, with the, the Hall of Fame and seeing my face on there, I put, most people forget when you get done playing, you know, so I can understand that. But now I uh, I can walk into the airport, man, and everybody, hey, that's Lee Smith, you know. And, uh, but you know what? It's, it's, I always had that thing, with it, even Chicago, they always want to throw me on that football field for some reason. So they, so they stereotyped you as a football player. Oh God, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. In the weirdest six, thing, six, was, two, sixty-five. Oh, was that the God, plane? Yeah, the man. Plane yeah. yeah, man. But so because you know the one year we had that the eighty-four club really good there in Chicago. Yeah. The next year 
the Bears win it. So it, it was really good for me because they thought I was one of the Bears. <laughs> <laughs> Were you part of that Super Bowl shuffle video? Uh, no, no, okay. I didn't make that. You, okay. didn't, you don't want Smitty on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> so so you, you sign your autograph, uh, Lee Smith, H-O-F. 2019. How does that feel? Oh man, it's tough getting used to it. I have yeah. to think about it because I was in uh, in Cooperstown and I was and I was talking to Miss Clark who, mm -hmm. and I was like, you know what? I can't make up my mind. Do you put year first? Do you do you put the? She said the Hall of Fame always go first. I was like, okay, that's all I want from. <laughs> How many times have you been back to visit the uh, the shrine? The, the I've, been, I've been back up once, uh, okay. one more time after after the. Uh, I went back there to do. We had to find housing and. And all of that stuff for uh, for the family and things of that nature. When you're going to come into town and things like that. But I actually found some really good weather when I went back up there in early February, man. And it's been it was really nice. Cause the day before, I think Mariano came in there and it was like 40 below or something, man. So it, it's been good timing for me. So what a great class! It's like you wow. said, Mo Rivera, Edgar Martinez, Mike Busina, Roy Halladay, and Harold Baines, who was on the committee vote with yourself. In fact. Mm -hmm. Harold has gotten some criticism because a lot of people say, well, those numbers aren't worthy. What's your stance uh, on Harold Baines? My stance is a guy that didn't have to face him. He's probably the one talking that smack. <laughs> yeah. but, but the, the thing about it is, you know, they don't, a lot of people sort of forgot that no, he was just a DH. When he came up, he was a damn good athlete, mm -hmm. ran well, mm -hmm. and he had a, a, a collision with the wall, and I think it hurt his knee. But mm -hmm. you just think about a designated hitter. Man, those guys are in the clubhouse trying to get ready for the game, get their swing right, and you're going to go up there and hit off with Nolan Ryan and Jack Morris and all those guys like that. Man, I think it's a little tougher, you know, as a hitter, you know, not because you out there, you got a drilling going out there, you're playing third base, you're playing first base, I don't feel you're running around in the middle of the game, things like that, and those guys are like sitting on the bench, and then you're just going to walk up there and hit. Mm -hmm. I think that's a tough job, and, and for happened to a nicer guy. Plus, for me, it was like the same thing we had going as closers because all oh, these guys only throw one inning, you know. And and I, I think the best thing for, for probably what happened to all relievers now was Mo going in that first guy to be unanimous. That's that was unbelievable. Yeah, he was the only one in history. Mays yeah. missed by what twenty three votes. Yeah, uh, yeah. Ricky twenty eight votes. People yeah. didn't vote for these guys. but yeah, everybody man. voted. And it was for a relief pitcher. Well, and, it and was like was, we was, was in that same uh, same thing. Well, oh, the relief pitcher as to the DH. Oh man, they only pitch one inning in the DH. He don't play. Tough job, man. Well, there would be no Mo Rivera without Lee Smith because you were at the ground floor uh, when the evolution of the closer hit. In fact, you came up. You got a great story because you came up as a starter. You're drafted in the second <laughs> round, 1975, yeah. Chicago Cubs. Then you hit Double A, and they want you make you a reliever, and, and you weren't too pleased. Uh, no, matter of fact, I actually quit. Yeah, I actually quit and went. We were going home. Matter of fact, we was going back to Shreveport. There it is again. We was going on a road trip, you know, to Shreveport, and I I packed all my bags up, man. It was like, Smitty, why are you carrying so much stuff on a 10-day road trip? I'm like, you're going on a 10-day road trip. I'm going on a road trip for the rest of my days. I'm just snagging a ride home, yeah. you know. So I uh, I got back there, and uh, I, like, you know, went and uh, signed uh, for college and uh, played a little college basketball that winter. Next year, the Cubbies sent me, a, sent me a contract to come out and do the baseball thing. I was like, you know what? I think I might try this baseball thing again. And actually, man, it was in this ballpark. The Cubs used to be over here. We stayed at the Motel 6, and oh, this geez. was the Cubs facility back in the day. Right here in at in Indian School yeah, Park here in Scottsdale. Yeah. It was just D2 Fields right here. It's, it's, it's so amazing, man. And uh, uh, I get to talk with, man, Jack Hyatt in there and, and, and Gene Klein. They were like our coaches and things like that. And uh, Billy Williams came back and uh, talked me into doing this relief pitching thing. You know, he said, man, he saw something 
not just only in me. I think Billy had that insight of where the, the game was changing. Because, I mean, that was probably Goose and uh, Sparky Lyle, and they weren't even considered closers. They just said relief pitchers, you know. So those would be those guys that pitched from probably the sixth inning on. So the game, Billy saw possibly there's something that the game was changing to the fact it was going to be going to the relievers and then the closers and the setup guy. Then they got the left-handed specialist now, and I, I think it sort of gotten blown out of proportion a little bit by the left-handed specialist. Hell, I, I prefer facing the lefty more than I did the righty back you, in the day. You, you, you pitched three innings in an All-Star game. You didn't want to throw one inning. You wanted to keep going. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, because you know what? I don't. I guess that starting mentality was still in me. And and I listen to uh, guys like Steve Klein that we have in our organization. We always talk about. You know, okay, this guy, he throws hard, he's going to be a closer. You know, you learn how to pitch for facing hitters. You know, and I think the best thing you do, you send a guy out there, and let's say he pitched two innings here, a guy pitched four innings there, you get and learn how to pitch, and you really learn yourself on, on actually being out there. And my first year, um, you know, actually as the closer, I think I pitched 100 innings. Hell, I asked the Cubs, can I go to win a ball? You know, because I wanted to throw some more because wow. I hadn't gotten it out of my system you know, thinking possibly I'm going to be uh, uh, to be a starter because that was all the best pitches back then. But it, the game was starting to change. Well, you played basketball after you left the Cubs organization, mm -hmm. Northwestern, um, Northwestern State yeah. in Mac Louisiana. State. Yeah, uh -huh. and uh, I, I know to this day you love the game of basketball. <laughs> but yeah. how serious were you? In, in basketball at the time, and what what exactly did Billy Williams tell you to get you back on the diamond? I don't think I can say it to you on air. But hey, man, he made the point though. Out. Yeah, I you struck out Vince I Coleman. Yeah, oh, he bunted on you. Yeah, yeah, I picked him off and threw it away. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why we're sitting here today. <laughs> but you know, you know the tough thing though. You know, with with Billy, Billy said, "Boy, you ain't done shit," and I'm like. Damn, Bill, I thought I had a pretty good season, man. You know, he said, boy, they send you the daggum D-ball. I'm like, uh, we only go down to A-ball, Billy. But he was making his point. Like, you really you really hadn't done anything to prove yourself to the game that you deserved to be in the big leagues. And I had to, I was so concerned of how my arm was going to react, you know, because you go out and you, you start and you got a day off and then you get a chance to throw a little bit. And so I had fell into that routine. And I think throwing one day, like four innings, uh, you know, out of there and come out and throw on the side the next day or warming up. That's what was the tougher thing for me having to learn, like to warm up, not going to the game and being able to uh, throw the next day. That was the one concern about my arm. Because back then, when a starter became a reliever, that was a demotion. That was a slap in the face. Hell yeah. Yeah. Oh, dude, it was like because the starter didn't come out of the game letting him get his butt kicked, you know. So that's the only time you got the pitch. You know, I'm like, man, no, I don't I don't want to do that because if I'm going to be a major league, I want to be front line. You know, all the guys want to be out in the limelight. But I, I think for me, I just wanted to pitch, you know. And, and uh, I, I wanted to go out there because back then, you know, like you said, you know, it was a slap in the face being a reliever. All those relievers were like, okay, that's going to be, we got five guys, and then we're going to pick from these other 30, you know, and get us those like another four or five. So you've uh, you, you've been with the Giants more years uh, working in their minor league system as a roving pitching coach. Uh, last year extended uh, spring training, and you stayed here in Arizona as the pitching coach of the Arizona Rookie League team. And... You've been with the Giants more than you played in the big leagues. And that, that's amazing. You, you, like 20 years now, right, with yeah, the Giants? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually love working with the kids. Uh, a matter of fact, just, uh, before spring training, Bochi 
And Bam Bam called me up and asked me if I wanted to come to Big League Camp. And I said, hey, Bo, do, do I have a choice? And he says, yeah, you got a choice. I'm like, hell no, I want to stay with the kids, man. Wow. And, and you know, uh, my kids be giving me a hard time, like, damn, Dad, you the only pitching coach uh, uh, coach in this world don't want to go to Big League Camp. I'm like, man, I just, I just love hanging with the kids, man, and, and to see them and – I've had probably 150 guys that congratulate me, you know, from, you know, things like that. But it's just that I, I really like helping the kids and seeing, seeing them progress. These guys know who you are? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. good. Yeah, but I, I think it came from the MLB, the show, because the oh. kid Ramos was telling me, hell, I didn't even know I was in the damn thing. Uh, number one draft chart so a year or so ago. Ramos came up to me and said, yeah, man, Smitty, I closed with you in the, uh, in the game, man. And Hank Aaron took you deep. I'm like, I didn't face Hank Aaron. What have you talking about? And he said, "Oh, it's this uh, video now. They got MLB the show." And I'm like, "Okay, then." You know, no, you got outfielders. You know, most coming up to me. You know, talking about. But nowadays, I think most of those guys, you ain't in that video thing and something like that. They have no idea. But I've been here long enough. You know, the guys uh, know me, on, and they know them. You know, really easy to get along with. I try yeah. to leave the door open so where I don't be one of those standoff type coaches. I want the guy to come up and talk to me. You know, I mean, I've had a lot of kids come to me and talk to me off field. I think that happened to them off the field. And I'm like, man, you got to be careful with that. Guilty by association, man, because you can get dropped, you can get pulled into it now. And hell, I just think what would have happened to half of us back if they had this social media they got now, man. It would, it wouldn't be good, man. Uh, you know, Steve but, Klein wouldn't have been uh, working in baseball. Uh, not, not on the free world, I don't believe. <laughs> Well, you know, you made it uh, in this life if you're uh, giving up a home run to Hank Aaron in a video game. Uh, but you, you've gone, I mean, you, you saw Madison Bumgarner, Tim mm-hmm. Lincecum, Matt yeah. Kane come through it. Yes, through yeah, yeah. Now, what, what, what do you remember boy. about those guys? Were they were they green? Were they raw? Did they, uh, were they a step above everybody else here? Kane, Kane, and Kane was really raw. Hmm. But he, he's a smart kid, learned really fast. Uh, Bumgarner was just damn stubborn. <laughs> and and that worked to his uh that worked I remember me and Bert Bradley was somewhere and we were trying to teach mom the the uh change up, one of them use the change up. And we said, Hey man, you got to use your damn change up. So he go out the next inning and he throws twelve out of fourteen damn change ups and punch out the side and he come back to Bert and he says, Damn, Bert, is that good enough for you? <laughs> I was like we didn't want him all in one damn inning, boy. But he was just that—I mean, he was just that intense. And I—I I, I heard when he, you know, he got established. You know, everybody was like, "Man, we don't ever see Bumgarner run." And I'm like, "Yeah, you got to show up at six o'clock in the damn morning to see him, though. He run you into the ground, man." But that showed dedication to those type guys. Man. How about Lincecum? Stuff you don't see. Oh, Timmy was—he I mean, was—he was a freak, man. I mean, unbelievable. See how, you know, how small he was when he got out of that out of that little body. And then he actually put on a little weight, scared the hell out of me. I'm like, oh, you got, but he put it in the right spot in the mm-hmm. legs. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, he threw a lot of pitches, struck out a lot of guys. And, mm-hmm. and uh, so many guys asked me, oh, man, did you work with Lim- Tim Lindscombe? I'm like, nah, he was only in the mountain legs for an hour and a half. So <laughs> I didn't get a chance to get him. Plus, he probably wouldn't understand what the hell I was saying anyway. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, who are a couple of names now that you really like that are on the, uh, uh, you know, knocking on the door to the big leagues or even in the lower levels that you're saying, wow, this guy's something I see, else i see so many guys that's that's in the lower level mm. that i really really like um i like uh nurse kind of nurse you know uh, uh we got we got a couple of Latin kids that i like moreno uh, uh got seth corey mm. hope you get my boy traded sucker <laughs> but uh, all of those guys like that just stick out you know to me um we got we got quite a few of the latin kids but they, they still like 
you know, into that throwing thing. We got Sanyo, uh, uh, Santos, all of those guys that's in there, man, that, that, that I see that probably had that potential just putting it together. Um, the kid, Adon, I don't know if they're going to put him as a starter, reliever, things like that. You know, we got a lot to pick from, man, because if anything, the Giants have always really good at I think stem from the days of me working with Dick Tidrow. They always after pitching. Dirk was always after pitching, man. And um, some of the good ones uh sort of cringed on we traded, you know, but mm-hmm. you know you have to get what you can get sometimes, man. But it's um what the team needs. It's not that it's what the team needs, but I, I think a, a lot of that uh, with the kids that we've got, we've got to give a lot of credit to Buster Posey, you know, when they get to the big leagues and how he'll call the game, help the guys get comfortable, you know, in there because we've had a lot of guys from different organizations. I, um, I just wish I could have got an opportunity to work a little more with Strickland. You know, he was he got hurt and he came down a little bit, but boom, two days later he was gone, mm-hmm. you know, but I just, you know, guys like that, that stick out to me, you know, that, but low, the low-level guys, I love them. I mean, one of my favorites was Ty Block. You know, you know, guys like that to see him get there, and you know, the, you know, so many kids. You, you can't name them all. You're gonna leave somebody out, no matter if I went up that line, if you still leave someone out. Well, you must be pretty proud because you, you people who see him at the major league level, don't understand the journey, perhaps. And <laughs> yeah. you're part of that journey that, uh, as an 18 year old, 19 year old, or even younger, uh, kind of whipped him into shape and taught him how to, you know, learn and live as a as a big leaguer, because you've yeah. learned and lived as a big leaguer. Yeah. But um, no, no, what about, um, has anything changed since uh, Farhan Zaidi came in in terms of the pitching uh, instruction at this level during spring training, or is the same as last year? Pretty close to okay. the same. Pretty yeah. close to the same. There haven't been any drastic change. I, I think that uh, we're giving the guys a little more information. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think a lot has to go with this young man. We have uh, DMAC. You know, because the, I just think about all of this mental uh, preparation and stuff that they got going on now. Hell, I'm at the plate a little more. Had somebody <laughs> help me think out there, man. But so many people don't realize that, you know, your mental approach to the game. But more of the guys have the talent, you know, and the wear and tear on the body. But it's like, I think, failure, how you handle that. Because everybody has that routine. But you, you want you want a kid, when he go out there, to see how he handled, you know, failure. Anybody can go out there. You kick an ass every day if you're good about yourself. But how you handle failure? And I think the the preparation that DMAC has been doing and and O'Brien working with the kids, I think that helps a lot because when these kids come through as 14, 15 year old, you know their parents are moving all obstacles out of the way so that'd be a straight path for them, make it easy. But when you get when you get to the professional ball, that ain't gonna help you anymore. But I, I think that's the one key thing that. Um, that mental approach they've been doing to a lot of the kids. Yeah, every team seems to have a mental skills uh, department or men- mental skills coaches. And, and yeah. back in the day, I thought y- you weren't supposed to think. You know, it Dude, only hurts the ball club, if, right? If you if you had one of your players talking about that he was going to see a mental skills coach, they would think he was losing his damn mind. Huh? This fool crazy? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. that that was the first thing we'd make, man. we hooting on him the next day. But yeah. <laughs> it, it's like a thing now. It's a good thing now. Uh, but, you know, that's yeah. what the old school, but the game, the game have gotten – uh, man, it's so advanced now to help the kids. And, and the toughest thing was like the off-field thing. And I think so much of that boiled down to this damn social media crap, man, mm, yeah. and, and things like that. Because you, I think they got more, you know, more distractions now, you know. I mean, hell, I just remember when the, when the cell phone evolved, you know, and all that mm. kind of good crap, man. That's the one thing I think that you have to have to get them away from that, uh, get them away from the cell phone and things like that. Yeah. Because, but I, I, what I used to do with thinking that after the game, 
a clear, a quick the damn dugout's clear. I quick the bullpen's clear. Yeah. You know, nobody sit down there and think about what you did good. What you, now, there might if you do, if you struggle a little bit, they come to the video room or something like that. But I'm like, hey, what happened to those like five games that you pitched really well? And then that one that you struggled is when, the, oh, hell, I didn't want to see that one. Hey, but that's when you need to work on something. See if you're tipping your pitches and things like that. But they got so much information and so much, you know, things to be given to. There's not, no stone on turn in this organization. Not, everybody's getting on board with that, but all organizations are. So how has Lee Smith changed as a Hall of Famer? Are you still Lee Smith? Or, uh... I'm still crazy as hell. Boy, okay. what, are you, what are you think? Hey, hey man, my, uh, I see my boy Frankie Jenkins, and we stay at the same hotel today. Damn, boy, you still countries half a dozen brown eggs. I'm like, I don't know what that means, Frankie, but I, I don't know any other way to do it, man. But, you know, I got a, a lot of guys are telling me, hey, man, you're a Hall of Famer now. I'm trying to grasp all that, man. But you know what? It's not going to change my personality, man. I'm uh, my little lady still screaming on me about driving a 2012 uh, Silverado. <laughs> you know, like, hey, I love this truck. It fit me. You know, but that's that's me. Mm -hmm. Do you have a speech yet? Or are you working on a speech? Um, you going to read a speech? You going to add lib? How we doing? The guy is going to call me today. I, I told him about some things when I went up there in February. And he's helping me cipher it down, who the guys I want to put in. I can't thank everybody. I'd be up there for a couple of days, you know, but. Like, like Frank Thomas, I believe. He, uh, he thanked yeah. everybody, but, but that was his whole speech. Hey, yeah, man. 700 names. Yeah, hey, man, it's tough, dude. You, you're going to miss somebody. I don't know. Mm -hmm. you, you're always going to miss someone. But, you know, I, um, I've been working on a young man today uh, from uh, uh, Cooperstown. He's going to call me. We're going to start working on it a little more and try to see what I'm going to leave in, something I'm going to take out, because, like I said to you earlier, I'm getting a lot of advice from the old Hall of Famers about my, my time frame that I got to work with. <laughs> That's your time. You earned it. You, you, could, you might as well speak hey, an hour. Hey, they're going to be standing behind me, though, man. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And it's going to be hot out there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I can't wait for that speech. That's uh, that's The induction is in July. Yeah. And uh, um, it, how your first day here, how did uh, everybody, you know, the staff, the staff has known you for 20 years now. How did they treat you when you first walked in? I want them to treat me the same. It's still the mm -hmm. same. Congratulations mm -hmm. and all that. That was still annoying. I hell, I'd run out to see the damn ground crew. I think yeah. the ground crew was one that thought I was going to be different. I still yeah. call them the ground crew motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, 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 they gave you a gift. Oh, man. Yeah. Man. Oh, man. Matter of fact, um, I had a couple incidents that mm -hmm. uh, Mr. Dick Tidrow caught me at the Dunkin' Donuts a few times. <laughs> so, And they caught me at the fishing creek over mm -hmm. here. So I actually got a... A Dunkin's Donut gift card and a fishing rod. I don't know if I'm going to wrap this thing around my neck, but uh, I'm going to have to get Mr. Billy A to teach me this spin cast thing. I'm like, okay, brothers, but it's awesome. That shows you, you know, that, you know what, it ain't about how much. It just they thought of you. Yeah, appreciation for that. But it, I think, you know, it's not, wasn't that so much as the Hall of Fame. I feel appreciated, you know, and, and the kids come up to me, talk to me. That That's one thing I want to always leave those doors open because, I don't want to be one of those coaches like, oh, man, I'm scared to go talk to Smitty. He's going to jump on my ass. If I see you screwing up, I don't have to jump on your ass and let you know you've done it. You know, but I think I, for me, I like the one-on-one -on -one thing. It's tough to do for the hundreds of my guys, but the pitchers that I see that need a little help, I want to talk to them, little things about it, and the rehab guys, I think those are the ones that need more of a pat on the back. And I always go in there with uh, Justin and talk to him about, you know, it's little okay if I come down and see uh, your rehab guys. He said, man, please do because – you get out there, you hurt. You think you you do out to the corner. Nobody care about you anymore. So, I, I never buzz on the DL or anything like that. We know that the time, but I can't imagine the guys that I see, 
you know, how they'll, they'll think, hey, man, they're an outcast now. Mm-hmm. So I, I always go down there and, and, and see the guys throw, talk to them and things like that. But just let them know that we're still thinking about it. Uh, mm-hmm. They're still a part of it. That's awesome. Uh, you were a seven-time All-Star, 478 saves, a 3.03 ERA, and you were the all-time saves leader for a number of years. And then uh, Hoffman and Rivera came along and, uh, you know, passed you by. But uh, you were on the Hall of Fame writer's ballot for 15 years and didn't get in. Uh, did you have regrets about that? Did you just let it let it go? Was, was that hard to deal with? And and what was what was the reaction when, through the committee, you actually did get it? Well, with my uh, stats, you you forgot my one home run. Ah, <laughs> against <laughs> where, where uh, and against whom? Of Mr. Field, Negro, got mm. in Atlanta, baby. And but, it wasn't a fastball. <laughs> no, definitely not. I think he hit my bat. I just swung in the vicinity. <laughs> yeah, man. But you know, the first probably. You know, really when I was playing and right at the end of my career, all I heard about, you know, Lee Smith, all-time save leader, first ballot Hall of Famer. So you start thinking, hey, man, my chance is looking pretty good, you know. So the first probably four or five years I was watching the TV, man, thinking my chances. And then it had to do with who's on the ballot, who's in there that year, and all of those things. So after a few years, I, I sort of like, man, maybe uh, maybe I wasn't good enough to make it. But then I'm like, damn, I'm still an all-time save leader, and I'm looking at there's no one else in the game of baseball that's a leader in any category in Major League Baseball that wasn't in. So I'm like, man, I don't want to sit and guess myself. So, okay, my stats are better than his. I got more saving than him. If it's going to happen, it's going to happen. And every time I talk to some of the, um, the, um, the, the Hall of Famers and the coaches, it's a damn boy, it should have happened 15, 20 years ago. I'm like, I do appreciate it, man. But I think Goose hit it right on the head when he called me. He said, man, he said, better late than never, but it's sweeter. You've probably heard from a lot of relievers. Oh yeah, oh, oh man, God, yeah, 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 man. Uh, I actually talked to Goose probably five or six times. Oh, already. Yeah, yeah. I can man. imagine those conversations. <laughs> he actually got to come out. There. Oh yeah, uh, there's a few F bombs he threw out there, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, Lee, this is uh, fantastic, and congratulations once more, and uh, thanks for the time today. And we're really looking forward to uh, the induction in July. That's going to be fabulous. Uh, uh, again, well earned, well deserved, and. Uh, uh, can't wait for that. Hey, I tell you what, I'm I'm looking forward to. But I just for me, I just gotta say, thank you to the San Francisco Giants for what they've done and uh, the appreciation they've shown me, and not for the Dunkin' Donut gift card, but just what they've given me to our organization and 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 the, the people. You know, and it's like a family. It's not like a team. You know, like you would think. Okay, my teammates, things like that. It was like a family because most of the guys know all your your family. They know your kids. I know Bobby Evans and all of his kids. And hell, I've been. Playing uh, basketball with Zaid for them seven, eight years, and now he's my boss. So, does that mean I got it made? I, I, I know it because I've seen that jump shot. You still got it, man. Hey, man, I appreciate you. Thank you. I think I got to drop another 10, 12 pounds and I'm going to chase you. <laughs> Good to hear. Well, All thanks right, again, Lee. Hey, brother. My pleasure. Thank you. Now, this is going to be a must listen Hall of Fame speech. And I hope Lee doesn't cut it short. That's what all the veteran Hall of Famers say to the new Hall of Famers keep it short. It's a running gag, but let's hope Lee takes a good amount of time in his speech. It'll be entertaining, no doubt. I want to thank soon-to-be Hall of Famer Lee Smith once again for coming on the podcast, and thanks to King Kaufman for producing this episode. Giants Double Play is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. Audrey Cooper is editor-in-chief. If you like this show, please subscribe, tell a friend, or give us a review. 
You can support Giants Double Play and a lot of great journalism with a subscription to The Chronicle. There are print and digital editions. You can find out more at sfchronicle.com slash subscribe. 